Hi, and welcome to the Writers Forum on WRBH. I'm David Benedetto, and today I am joined once again by Candace Huber, owner of Tubby & Coo's Mid-City Bookshop and host of the Novel Ideas podcast, which was recorded right here at WRBH. How are you doing today, Candace? I'm good. How are you, David? Oh, it's going well. You've been here for a little bit, recording a couple episodes, getting some interviews in, which is awesome. Yeah, I think we're getting pretty close to 100 episodes. No, I think this is 77. 70-something. Yeah. So we're getting getting there. It's great. We've been going for a while with that. Yeah, it's been pretty fun. I know. Uh, Tell me, remind me, how did that come about? Was it me reaching out to you or was it you reaching out to us? I don't even remember, honestly, because it was a while ago. I think it was... Us just trying to decide on like a partnership and mm-hmm. what we wanted to do. And I had been reading here for a little while. And so we were just trying to think about different things. And it was like, oh, why don't we do this? And I don't really remember whose idea it was, well, but okay. well, it doesn't really matter. Well, for, for those of our <laughs> listeners that are not familiar with Novel Ideas, the podcast, could you tell them a little bit about it? Sure. So it is a podcast that's really all things literary. It has evolved a lot over the course of time. And so recently I've started interviewing authors, which has been really cool. I did not do a lot of that at the beginning. And mostly it's it's me talking about various different things. So everything from what we're reading in the book clubs at Tubby and Coos and whether or not I recommend it to writing tips because I am, as we'll talk about, I think, later, a publisher and a bookseller. And so giving tips to authors based on my experience and also talking about everything from lists of books that I recommend for different things to author interviews. So it's sort of just like whatever comes up. Uh, Mostly, though, it's talking about books and doing the author interviews and all of that good stuff. The multiple things that go into it. Yeah, Yeah. all the literary stuff. We do also talk about board games as it relates to literary things as well. I go to Gen Con every year, which is coming up, and I'm really excited about it. And they do a writer's uh, forum thing. And so we also talk about that in, like, storytelling games and stuff as well. And comics. So, yeah, pretty much, like, whatever. The full spectrum of ever, right. all the things. All the things. No, I think that's great. And uh, speaking of games, uh, we were talking a little bit earlier, and Tubby and Coos has got something really, a new addition to their store, which is really kind of awesome. Could you talk about that a little bit? Sure. So we are unveiling our gaming room, which is, I say 24-7, but during store hours, so not actually 24-7. <laughs> don't come in at 2 a.m. Uh, don't come in at 2 a.m. It won't be there, or I won't be there. But it is a room, so we sell board games, and so we took our board game selling space and converted it into what I'm going to call the, our board game club room. And we're going to have EDM music and a disco ball. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) So what we're doing is we have uh, more than 200 board games that I have just had as demos or my own board games that were kind of just sitting around. I was like, what can I do with this? Like, how can I have other people playing this? Because I'm not going to play 200 board games all the time. So we took all those board games. We put them in the room. And so now it's just a gaming room all the time. And so anyone who wants to at any time can come and and pay five bucks and play my game all day long. And we are working on extending that library. I probably have a good 30 to 40 games that aren't there yet that I need to bring there. And we're about to go to Gen Con, which is the big national board gaming convention. I always get come back with like a bunch of games from that as well. So we'll do a big uh, thing when we get back from Gen Con. And so mainly you can come, you can play anytime. And we're also going to be doing some big, bigger events there. So everything from tournaments to I'm talking to some local game designers about doing play test days for people who are developing board games. 
to restaurants and coffee shops and breweries doing pop-ups. So we're it's exciting. I think it's going to be really cool. And so we have all these different things that are going to go into it. And and I we don't have anything really similar to it in the city. We have I know that there's like Rook Cafe who has board games and there are a couple of different places that like are mostly cafes that will like have board games there. Yeah. But we don't really have anything that's like an all the time come and play sort of a place. So I'm excited to provide that. No, I think that that's kind of cool and really fun. And you don't get to experience that a lot. And, you know, um, one of the things I was thinking about is a lot of people have played board games, of course, but like they think of like the traditional ones like Candyland when they were young or Monopoly right. or certain card games or like Cranium or Trivial Pursuit when you get a little bit older. Uh, what are some of the games that you provide? Just just a few that are some of your favorites for people that uh, don't really know about the whole new world of board gaming that you'd love for them to kind of experience? Yeah, I think that there are a lot of, of course, there are a lot of different categories of games and stuff as well. So my favorites, I like the social aspect of board gaming. I think that's why it's sort of seeing a revolution is that there's a lot of it's a lot of social interaction and what I like about it being a nerd and I think most of my customer base are nerds we're not the kind of people who like to just go out to bars and talk to random people and so I think the gaming aspect you can come you can meet people who have similar interests and you can play games and so the games that I like sort of feed into that so I like group games and cooperative games okay. so uh, code names is a really good group game where you play in two different teams and somebody one your team leader gives clues to the rest of the team and there's a grid of words and so your team leader is giving clues to try and lead you to the words that are like your team's words mm. um, and then the team has to guess the words and so that's a really fun game I also really like there's a game called Mysterium and it is a cooperative game but it is sort of like clue um, because you have a person a location and a weapon so one person plays as the ghost and the idea behind the game is that that person has been murdered and they're giving you clues in your dreams in the form of these weird cards with like weird awesome artwork on them right. and so the ghost is giving you visions in your dreams and so they they give you these cards which are supposed to lead you to the person location and weapon that killed them and so as a team you're trying to cooperate to figure out those things before time is up um, and the ghost has to pass on or whatever. But it's a really interesting concept, and it's a really fun game. And it is similar enough to those, like Clue is a classic game that I think everyone's played at some point. Yeah. So it's similar enough. It's easy to learn, and you also work together, and there's that social aspect to it. So I like I like those kinds of games. No, that, that, that's great. And kind of getting more into the, the book subjects uh, mm -hmm. of Tubby and Coos, uh, you are launching and publishing imprint for the bookstore. That is true. So I have always said that uh, my sort of purpose with all of this is to help people tell stories in whatever form it is that they tell it. So this is sort of the next step in that. And I really wanted to help independent authors because right now the, the publishing industry is so weird and it's hard to break into. And we've seen this revolution of self-publishing and a lot of people publishing their own books. But self-publishing is also a lot of work, and you have to do everything mm -hmm. if you self-publish a book. Not only write the book, but find an editor and do the cover design and do all the production and distrib distribution. And uh, that's a lot for authors to have to figure out when most of them really just want to write and tell their stories. Mm -hmm. And so the goal with this publishing imprint is to help those independent authors, give them some help and a platform to push them into whatever they want to do. So it's 
a hybrid model. So it is uh, by hybrid, I mean, it takes all of the you get all of the rights and freedom of self-publishing with all of the help and support of traditional publishing. So the way that I'm doing this is that the writers, the authors are keeping their rights to all the books. Mm -hmm. I'm not keeping any of that. When we do the copyright, it's going to be in their name. And I am taking on all of the marketing and production and distribution part of it. So the back end, the back end work that no one wants to do that will allow them to keep <laughs> writing, but they keep all of the rights and stuff. So yeah. it's basically helping them to, to self-publish, but, um, and the, the contracts aren't long and I, really I'm just saying, okay, we'll crowdfund this. We'll see how many we can sell. And then if we can sell this first run, that's great. The, then the authors can decide if they, want to stick with me or if they want to go out on their own or they want to join another publisher. Yeah. So it's a really interesting venture for me because it's it's not really a thing yet. It's sort of a weird mix of things with the crowdfunding and like the self-publishing aspect and then me doing stuff. And so it's it's been really interesting. But we launched crowdfunding uh, about 30 days ago. We have about 30 days left. We're ending it on August 27th. We're about halfway there. We have three really awesome books um, that I want to publish, a kid's book, a kid's book that's sort of for adults, and a Captain Hook origin story that's like a high fantasy. And so I'm really excited about the books. The authors are all awesome. And I've been talking a long time. So. No, no, that's great. That's interesting. That's I cool. can talk about it all day long. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you're providing that shell for authors that, you know, either don't know how to get out there or just find trying to get into publishing just a, a task so that you can provide kind of that, that stepping stone for them if they want to go further or even if they're just happy that they just want to publish with you because that, that's building kind of a brand for yourself and within the city and promoting local people that want to put their books out there. Exactly. And I am helping them learn all the all of the aspects of publishing and what it takes to do that because a lot of self-published authors they want to self-publish their books but they have no idea where to even start or like yeah. how do I even get this book distributed and also being a bookseller it's easier for me to approach other booksellers to say hey sell this book versus a cold call author coming mm -hmm. in you know to say hey sell my book and you have no idea what the book is or whatever so I think that's going to be helpful as well because I know what the books are and I think I can sell them yeah. therefore I think you can sell them and I think that's going to be helpful as well. You become that kind of uh, the gateway right there for exactly. a lot of people, which is really useful for, for authors. That's so hard uh, to get yourself out there and just to go blank as someone that's had to do cold calls before. And I'm sure yes. you have as well. Yes. It rarely goes the way as in the idealized version of it. That's true. And it's always pretty uncomfortable. And I know a lot of authors don't want to talk about their own stuff. It's sort of weird for them to be selling and all of that good stuff. And that's my job. I sell things and recommend books. So yeah. I think that it'll be easy for me to talk about other people's stuff. <laughs> no, understandable. Well, just if people are interested in uh, looking that up or donating, uh, where can they find that information? Sure. It can be found on our website. So the website's tubbyandcoos.com, spelled out T-U-B-B-Y-A-N-D-C-O-O-S.com. And you can find it there. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, to kind of to move on, uh, we talked about novel ideas first, but you are also a volunteer reader here at WRBH. Yes. Uh, and I've been doing that for... Over a year. Uh, yeah, over a year. It's been, a, it's maybe closer to two now. I think yeah. so. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're working our way towards it. Well, tell me about your experience here. Uh, what's it like uh, reading for you and, and why do you enjoy it? So... Uh, 
WRBH has always sort of held a special place in my heart because my grandmother, Koo, who the bookstore is partially named after, she was legally blind. She had macular degeneration. And so she loved to read and she was a very avid reader. And then she lost her eyesight and she couldn't read anymore. And she listened to WRBH and she was involved in Lighthouse for the Blind and and all of these things. And so I felt like it's sort of my tribute to her um, to volunteer here. Um, And I and also, of course, I love reading and I love reading out loud to people. I read out loud to my grandmother. And so I feel like reading out loud for people who can't read um, or for people who don't like to read, but they just like to listen. I think that like that means something to me because of that genesis. And so I think volunteering here, you know, holds holds kind of a special place in my heart. But also I really, really just like to read and I like reading out loud to people. And I like being able to say, oh, I think people would like this book. Can I read it? (laughs) And you guys are like, sure. And it's awesome to be able to read, you know, share the things that I like with other people through reading. And I think that's really important. That's true. And you've gotten some uh, some good ones under your belt. You did uh, Ready Player One, which is being made into a movie recently. Yes. Or very soon. And then you're working on, uh, not The Handmaid's Tale, but American Gods by Neil Gaiman, right? Yes, that's the one that I'm doing now. So I've read Welcome to Night Vale was the first one mm-hmm. that I read. I've read Ready Player One. I've read The Fifth Season by N.K. Jemisin. And now I'm working on American Gods and The Handmaid's Tale will be next. So I'm really excited. All these books have been great to read. Well, fantastic. Well, we're happy to have you. I know that. Um, to kind of move on another subject, um, recently uh, it was announced that Maple Street Bookshop would be closing. Uh, yes. And it's extended itself a little bit further into August now. But I knew we'd talked before. Uh, you have a lot of good memories of that bookshop, as I'm sure a lot of people in New Orleans do, being open for over 50 years at this point. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know your thoughts on that store closing and your remembrances of it, as well as just your thoughts on independent bookstores in New Orleans and their importance. Yeah, I think I was really sad to see that it was closing. I know that they had announced Uh, back I think in 2015 and then they sort of had a renaissance and then we're able to stay so every time it gets extended it's like oh good like maybe maybe so uh so I think it's really sad I do have a lot of really fond memories of that bookstore um it has it's been it's a staple in New Orleans it's been around forever and uh, you know I I just love that was my favorite bookstore before I opened my own and so it's it's really sad to see it struggling I think that it is a combination of things in in today's climate. Um, I know a lot of people want to blame it on ebooks and the ebook revolution. I think that's only part of it. I don't think that that's. I mean, a, a lot of other bookstores are able to stay open even with the ebook revolution. Um, so I can't speak to exactly Maple Street's struggles. Mm-hmm. I think it's sad, but I think that independent bookstores are really important, and we have a lot of really amazing ones in New Orleans. And they all offer something different. Mm -hmm. And so I think we're really losing something with Maple Street closing because it did offer something different than the other bookstores offered. And every bookstore has a different environment. Every bookstore has a different, you know, different staff and different feelings about them. And that's one of my favorite things about bookstores in general. And everywhere I go, I try to visit bookstores Mm -hmm. just to see like how they cultivate their environment and how they cultivate their selection and What are the different things that they're doing for their communities? And I think all of the bookstores in New Orleans offer our communities something different. And so to see Maple Street closing is really sad. And I I hope that they can keep 
extending it, you know, that people, you know, I think people hear that it's closing and so they'll go and they'll yeah. start buying more things. So I, I don't know how long they're going to be able to last with that, but I hope that they last a lot longer because I do think we've been seeing this like indie revolution of, you know, a lot of people want to shop at indie bookstores. We offer something just different from the Internet. Um, you know, we have more personalization. There's more community orientation in there. And so I think that um, all of those things are really important. And hopefully uh, bookstores can pick up that gap uh, if Maple Street does close, that the other bookstores will be able to sort of fill that. Yeah, no, need. I think th those are that's really important thoughts right there. I, I agree with you. Every single bookstore in the city offers something different and really exciting. And I, I love the staffs. I've met many of the bookstore owners at this point, mm -hmm. uh, including yourself. And I, I, I really enjoy spending time in each bookstore and kind of getting a feel for what they represent and who they are. Um, one of the things I appreciate about your bookstore, and I don't want to get into uh, necessarily politics, mm -hmm. but um, how you presented your store as a space for people to be welcome in. You've actually held meetings there, not just book club groups, but as well as just spaces for people to gather and to either vent frustration or to be joyous or to talk and enjoy books in a way that maybe you wouldn't see traditionally. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, I view, I view the bookstore as a safe space. That was another reason for me creating it besides people telling their stories I was bullied really heavily growing up and I hid in libraries and so books have a special meaning to me and I think there are a lot of kids that went through similar things that books were a safe space for them and so I think that's always been one of my goals as well is to create a safe space for people who feel like they don't have another place to go or who feel like they can't talk to somebody or whatever, whatever it is that people are going through. And so I think that's another really important thing to me. A lady walked into the store the other day and this just was like warm, warms my heart <laughs> because she walked in and she was like, I can just feel the love in here. You know, she was like, I walked in this place and it feels like a hug. And I was like, yes, that's what I want. I want you to walk in and feel like a hug. I want you to feel safe. I want you to feel warm. I want you to know that it's a place that you can come if you have nowhere else to go. And so all of those things are really important. So, yes, I've been offering um, different meetings and meetups. We just had a hijabis meetup uh, for Muslim women who in the city because they it's, it's difficult for them to, to my understanding and talking with them, it's difficult for them to meet outside of outside of their religious spaces. And so they are were looking for a space to meet outside of that. And I was happy to provide that for them. And they came and we did henna and nails and, you know, they were all able to like talk to each other in a space that was different from where they're used to going. So those are the things that I, I like to do. I like to offer that space to various different groups and various different people who feel either outcast or like they don't have a place to go where they can always feel safe to come and talk to me, even if I have no idea what you're talking about. I'll, yeah. I'm, I'm willing to listen. <laughs> and so I think that that's a really important thing to me as well. No, I think that's great. And uh, as far as like focusing on local artists and, and writers, uh, you host a series in partnership with uh, Pearl Wine mm -hmm. over on Orleans, uh, Reading Between the Wines, uh, with a little pun right there. Yes. Uh, tell me a little bit about how that came about and uh, if you have anybody upcoming that you're excited about. Sure. So that came about actually before I ever had the store. That came about 
probably around 2012, wow. I guess, was the first. So um, when Pearl opened, I didn't have the bookstore or anything yet. And I know the owner of Pearl, Leora. And so I talked to her about possibly doing some sort of book event because there was nothing in Mid-City. Every yeah. All of the bookstores, all the other bookstores were uptown or in the French Quarter or in Metairie. And Mid-City was kind of a gap, which is why I eventually ended up opening my bookstore there. But so I said, you know, we, we really need some some literary events happening in Mid-City because we don't see a lot of them. So I approached her about that. And she was like, sure, why not? Um, and Maple Street actually sold the books for Reading Between the Wines when we first started doing it. And so we have different local, the the point is to promote local authors. And so we've had a lot of different authors at this point come through. We used to do it once a month. And so now we've moved it to every other month. Mm -hmm. And we hold it at Pearl Wine Company, reading between the wines. I don't even know how I came up with that. <laughs> um, but because you're literally between the wines and reading. Mm -hmm. So, you know, why so not? It works. It works. It works. And so <laughs> we bring in different authors, uh, mostly local authors. We have branched out because there's a lot of local authors and we've been going a long time. So we've also branched out into regional authors as well, bringing folks in to talk about their books and really just promote a local um, authors and local books. And it's been a really, really fun, interesting experience. And so coming up, we're going to have, um, I don't know exactly which authors, I'm still kind of working that out yet, but we're going to have a um, one that's the theme is going to be feminism and, and writing about women, which should be really interesting. And then also a comic book one, which I've never done before. Oh, cool. So like graphic novels and how illustrations and words go together to create stories. And so I'm excited about the themes and I'm working on uh, getting, you know, confirming the authors for those, but I am pretty excited in general. And that's always a really good event. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, what are some of your favorite books from the past year or two that you've really enjoyed? We'll limit the list. I know there are probably a that million. That I've read, yes. right? So not that have come out because I, there are definitely books that I've read that have been out that I that I just personally read. Yes. So probably my favorites, um, there's The Fifth Season by N.K. Jemisin, which I read for the radio. Love it. I love that whole series. The third one's coming out in August. I'm really excited about it. Um, that is one of the best books I think that I've probably ever read. So that one I've, I've read within the past year. I actually just got done reading a book called All the Birds in the Sky by Charlie Jane Anders, and it is so good. I just talked about this on my podcast, and it's so, so, so good. Um, and so let's see all the birds in the sky. Oh, Ruby fruit jungle, which is actually like a classic. It was, um, came out in the 1970s Okay, and I just read it for the first time. It's like a coming of age story. Um, and that one was also really good. I read lots of good books. It's like hard to like say, but those three are like the most recent, like on my mind. All right. Well, um, we'll take them. Books. They sound great. Yeah. Though. Um, well, to kind of close this on out, uh, what are some upcoming events you have? And also, could you describe the different book clubs that Tubby and Coos offers? Sure. So we have five different book clubs at the moment. One of them, I think, is going to be evolving soon. So we have a science fiction book club, a fantasy book club, a Brave New World book club, which is sort of like a social justice. We read books about people with different experiences and a not-so-YA book club for adults <laughs> who read young adult books. And currently the Neil Gaiman book club, which I think we've we've kind of gone through pretty much all of 
all of his stuff at this point except for the graphic novel. So I think that's going to morph into a graphic novel book club oh. going forward. Um, and so those are the five book clubs that we have. Each book club meets on a different – most of them meet on Mondays. So pretty much every Monday at 6 we have a different book club. Cool. All of that's online if you're interested in joining. And the events that we have coming up – we have a lot of stuff. So the one that I'm like most excited about <laughs> is on August 12th and it's going to be Catter Day and it's literally going to be like kittens and snowballs and rainbows and it's going to be the best <laughs> thing ever. So they, one of my friends has a rescue, a uh, pet rescue, and she has a lot of kittens right now that are at adoptable age. Yeah. So she's going to bring like 50 kittens that are at adoptable age out. We're going to get like a snowball food truck. Um, I'm working on a drag queen story time for that day. It's also book lovers day and it's also going to be appreciation. We just won a contest um, where customers voted for their favorite bookstore and we won. And so we're going to like ball this all up into a customer appreciation event as well. Oh, awesome. So it's literally going to be like rainbow snowballs and kittens and who doesn't like kittens and rainbows and who doesn't need a little bit of both in their life. I agree. So, <laughs> I'm most excited about that event, August 12th, Catterday. And that's going to be from 10 to 2. And I'm also launching the new game room, which will be really cool. That's going to be August 26th will be our official, like, launch day for it, cool. which is after Gen Con. We're going to come back with all the cool games. So we're going to have that official launch coming up. So I'm really excited about those two. We always have our book clubs. And... um that's what I can think of at the moment. Those are the two that I'm like most excited. That's about. okay. That, that's in the yeah. near future. We'll take. We'll yes. take them. <laughs> well, Candice, uh, this was a pleasure speaking with you again. It's I really always good to it. be here. Thanks, David. That was Candice Huber, owner of Tubby and Coo's Mid City Bookshop and host of the Novel Ideas Podcast. And that's our show. You've been listening to the Writers Forum on WRBH 88.3 FM. You can catch our show every Thursday at 4.30 p.m., Saturdays at 8.30 a.m., as well as every Sunday at 1 p.m. You can find all of our interview programs, as well as Candace's Novel Ideas podcast, on our SoundCloud page at www.soundcloud.com slash WRBH Reading Radio, as well as on iTunes and Google Play. I'm David Benedetto. Until next time.